making sense out of the mess that is Medicare. This is the Modern Medicare Podcast. And now for your host, Keaton Lewis. Welcome back to the Modern Medicare Podcast. I first off want to apologize because I know it has been a very long time since my last episode, and that is due to the annual enrollment period. If you are familiar with insurance at all, this is an insurance agent's tax season. It's where we are busy, we are constantly working, because it's the time when everyone can make a plan change. So that is why it took so long. And then, of course, once tax, quote-unquote, tax season is over, then... uh, You know, we kind of want to take a break a bit. So I am now getting back into the swing of things, and I'm hoping to have this on a regular basis by putting out an episode at least once a month. So I promise I will be good at doing that in the future, and you can expect some more consistent content. As for today, we are on our third episode, and we've got a very unique topic to discuss today because it affects all Medicare beneficiaries But you may not even know what it is, or let alone that it's happened. It's about a law called MACRA, that is M-A-C-R-A, and it stands for the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act. Seems pretty straightforward. Not. (laughs) I, I know when I first heard about it, I had to really try to dive in and learn more about it because it did not make sense just based on the title alone. I think they're so focused on creating an acronym that's easy to remember that the title itself kind of loses its ability to be understood. So this law was passed way back on April 16th, 2015. So you definitely might be wondering like, well, why is this important to me now? It was passed five years ago because if you're listening to this podcast later in the future, this is being recorded in March of 2020. But this law has slowly been integrating things to where it's kind of, well, even at this point, it's still not fully... Uh, integrated into the healthcare system, but a lot of things from the law have been already. So what did it do? First and foremost, the most popular and most common understood thing that it did was it got rid of Plan F supplements among Plan C and high deductible F plans as well, but most people know it as the Plan F, which is essentially any Medicare supplement or Medigap plan that has no deductibles. So the Plan F was very popular because you essentially paid your bills, or excuse me, you paid your premiums, and you didn't have any hospital or medical bills as long as Medicare covers the service. With a Plan C, the only thing you were responsible for was the Part B excess charges, which is essentially if a doctor decided to charge more than the Medicare allowed amount, you'd be responsible for that. But it doesn't happen too often. Still a pretty good plan. And last but not least is the high deductible plan F, which you pay a high deductible, usually between $2,000 to $2,500, and then it pays everything for the rest of the year. So it gave you all the benefits of a plan F with about half the premium cost as well. So... It got rid of all three of those plans. Now, if you turned 65 and were on Medicare before January 1st, 2020, you do not have to worry. You still have access to these plans. You can still shop for them. You can still keep yours if you have one. This is mainly going into effect for those who turn 65 and get on Medicare after January 1st of 2020. It's to kind of help phase it out over time without putting a huge shock to the industry. Now, 
there is a new high deductible plan called a high deductible G plan. And if you're familiar with the plan G, this is the new Cadillac plan. You are responsible for your Medicare Part B deductible, which this year in 2020 is $198, and then it covers everything for the rest of the year, similar to a Plan F. So this is the new Cadillac plan, the quote-unquote best supplement plan uh, as far as coverage goes. With a high deductible G plan, it works similar to a high deductible Plan F, which it's kind of funny because you still have that high deductible of around $2,000 to $2,500, and then it acts like a Plan G, which then you're responsible for the Part B deductible, and then it pays everything for the rest of the year. So it's like they just tacked on the Part B deductible to whatever the high deductible is for that plan. So that's the first thing Macro did. Second thing, you all have new Medicare cards without your social security number. I know within the past year or two, I, you've probably gotten your new Medicare card. It's, in my opinion, it looks a lot better, a little more modern as opposed to the ancient design before. And they got rid of your social security number, which it's high time they did. That's private information and flashing that around on your insurance card, you know, that's kind of risky. So you have a little more of a secure Medicare card now. It's still private information, so keep it safe. Don't, you know, flash that around as you would your Social Security card. Don't do that either. Uh, but you have a new, more secure Medicare card. Number three, and I know some of my clients, um, unfortunately, were tacked with this, is those with higher income must pay higher Part B and Part D premiums. Those limits change each year. And um, there's different levels of how much you would pay. But essentially, if you file your taxes individually, if you pay more than $80,000 or if you file as, as joint husband and wife and uh, it's over about $170,000 when you, uh, two years ago, then you will have a higher Part B and Part D premium. So, and it goes higher and higher depending on that income. The nice thing is, is this adjustment is not permanent. It only looks back two years ago from the current year. And um, so if with each year, it looks back at two years ago previous to that one. So when you're in a stage where your income falls out of that limit, then you go back to the standard Part B premium and no adjusted Part D premium as well. So another thing that MACRA did, Medicare now requires hospitals to give you notice when you stay overnight under observation instead of an outpatient. This is probably the most infamous uh, surprise cost people get. So the difference between an inpatient stage and an out, uh, excuse me, an observation is you're still staying the night in the hospital, but it's billed differently. And if you're staying at the hospital under observation, you're going to pay a lot more money, or at least you could, especially because if you're sent to a skilled nursing facility afterwards, Medicare doesn't cover it. And so Medicare now requires the hospitals to give you notice and saying, hey, you are staying under observation or you can and uh, you can request to be uh, stay as an inpatient and pay the cost there. But either way, it's to let you know so you don't have any surprise costs when it comes to that particular uh, procedure, I guess, if you can call that. So if you're staying the night in the hospital, make sure you ask your doctor, is it observation or is it inpatient? Inpatient is the better one. Now, the most important thing that MACRA did for all Medicare beneficiaries, which I think this is the best thing in my opinion, 
is it changes how doctors are paid for Medicare. Now, previous to this year, and this is the part that's still being phased in uh, to the healthcare industry. So you will see more and more of this change in the coming years. So Medicare is normally a private fee-for-service service, which basically says that every time you get this procedure, you're going to pay X amount of dollars for that procedure. Likewise, if you have this test or procedure done, then you're going to pay X amount of dollars here. Uh, so, and how those that amount is calculated was uh, from a very flawed formula that uh, is no longer working. It's kind of hiked up costs and doctors are overwhelmed with a lot of patients and not getting paid enough by Medicare. It's an imperfect system. But so what MACRA is doing is it's changing from a quantity-based care to a quality-based care. So doctors are now going to be based essentially on how well they take care of you. It's called the Quality Payment Program, and doctors can choose to be paid in one of two ways. Now, they do have to qualify for this, uh, for how they're going to be paid here, but if they do, then there is what's called the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS for short, and this is more for just fun information. You don't necessarily have to know this, but it gives you an idea of how your doctor is going to be compensated for taking care of you in the future. So they'll be given a rating based on their clinical quality, how much they are using certain technological systems, such as electronic health records. So instead of having everything in paper, they will have everything securely and online so that they can share it efficiently and quickly between doctors and uh, it's it's much better to coordinate your data when you're seeing multiple doctors. They'll also be rated on clinical practice and resource use. So at the end of the day, it's how well are they taking care of you? Are you getting better? And how well are they using the resources available to you to be more, more efficient in your medical care? And so... Based on that rating, if they're right where they need to be, then Medicare pays them the same amount. If they are better, then they actually get an incentive and can be paid more on that rating. And likewise, if they are under the neutral rating, they actually can be penalized and receive less from Medicare than what they could have. So it's an incentive for your doctor to make sure that they are doing things right, not just trying to charge a bill to get paid. Now, there is also a thing called advanced alternative payment models, which this is for those doctors who are taking on clients who are more sick and higher risk, such as those with end-stage renal disease, aka permanent kidney failure, or cancer. Uh, so they actually can receive an extra incentive by specializing in the, in the care of those people who are very sick. And so... This is essentially what MACRA has done for us. It's pretty awesome. So although you may have never heard about it and may have just heard, oh, my plan F is going away. Yes, but, you know, it's for good reason. It's to help save money on costs. A plan that's paying 100% of your costs, you know, it's very expensive to maintain. So this is all for your benefit. And I'm most excited about how the doctors are getting paid because... You know, it just improves on healthcare. My wife uh, actually sees an OBGYN doctor named Dr. Lopez. Shout out to her. I don't know if she'll listen to this or not, but uh, she is fantastic. She is the model of how uh, providers should be. Um, 
she coordinates with my wife's other providers and is very concerned in making sure she's getting taken care of with those providers and actually reaches out to them. She doesn't have some secretary or PA do it. She reaches out to those providers personally and finds out, you know, what are they doing to take care of her? Um, what's working, what isn't, and how she can be involved to assist with that. It's fantastic. And I think it's going to improve healthcare all around. So I'm really excited about this law and seeing what it's going to do for us in the future. So that is all about the Medicare Access and Chip Reauthorization Act of 2015. Don't get your tongue tied on that. If you have any questions, you're more than welcome to call me. It's on my website, which this will be posted, or you can... Or, yeah, just go to my website. It's loomisadvisory.com, L-U-M-I-S-A-D-V-I-S-O-R-Y. That's my business. That's what I love doing. And so we will look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care, guys, and don't let the boringness of Medicare get to you.